Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Today, Matt Wallace shares with us from Luke 18 about two men who went to the temple to pray, a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee's prayer was basically a humble brag, and the tax collector's prayer was just plain humble. Our song at the end touches on that and how we can show love to others who are in need of our compassion. But first, Pastor Matt. All right, our scripture reading for this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. That's Luke 18, 9 through 17. It says, Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, Uh, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is the word of the Lord. All right, my opening question for you guys this morning uh, is this one, and I'll unpack it for you a little bit, Uh, but it's, the actual question is this, what's a situation or example of when you tried to put yourself first, you tried to put yourself forward, and it backfired? So what's a a situation or example of when you tried to put yourself first or push yourself forward, and it backfired? So it could be something as simple as, hey, I was standing in, in line at the grocery store, and I thought that lane would be faster, so I jumped in there, and then it took twice as long, right? Or, or it could be something like, I really fought hard to be made the lead on a project or an assignment, and they gave it to me, and then I failed at it miserably, right? So it could be, you know, any kind of situation like that, something uh, when you tried to put yourself first and it backfired. Again, if you're worshiping at home, you can jump on the live chat. Pastor Chris, our online pastor today, is over there. Or you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. What's the situation or example of when you tried to put yourself first and it backfired? So I have a story that I've been holding on to for a long time, just waiting to be able to share it with you. And today is the day, because this text has this line in it. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So here is the story. As some of you may remember, because I actually did talk about part of this uh, years ago, um, my wife and my daughter and I uh, were extras in a movie. And uh, I think I got a picture of the, here's the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's actually been released yet, but it does have an IMDb page, uh, and that's it, right? And it's basically wrestlers 
fighting aliens is actually what it's about. <laughs> so my wife and I uh, were extras in this movie, and uh, we got to be in a couple different scenes, and one of them was a wrestling scene, right? And so they needed people to be in the crowd uh, at the wrestling match. And so, pro wrestling, by the way. Uh, and so we, uh, we, it was like three in the morning, too. We had to go to this place down by UCF, I think. And so we go there, and they've got this warehouse, and in there they've got a ring set up, and then they've got chairs in front of it in rows. And we're going to be the crowd. And we get there, and you know me, I'm kind of introverted, even though I was being an extra in a movie, I know it seems contradictory. But I'm like, let's just sit back here. And my wife's like, no, I want to be in the front row. And she's like, we got to hurry, because it's going to fill up. So she bolts down to the front row, grabs us two seats. I get up there, and I'm like, I don't really want to be in the front row. But I get up there, and so we're sitting there in the very front row. And then they brought around some, like, props. They brought around, like, fake popcorn, you know, and drinks for us to have. And so we're sitting there in the front row, and Lana's all excited. She's like, oh, we're going to be, everyone in this movie is going to see us now, right, in this front row. And right about that time, as we're about to start filming, some college kid with like a clipboard is like walking around, and they stop in front of us, and uh, I think it was a girl, and she points to my wife and she goes, uh, actually, uh, I'm gonna change you, I'm gonna have you get up and go to the back. And then she's like, and then she brings some other kid and sits him next to me. And so Lana had to go all the way to the back. In the back, she sees the camera monitor, and she can tell she's not in the shot at all. Meanwhile, I'm in the very front row now, and uh, they're like, okay, act like you just saw something exciting. And we'd be like, yeah, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was great, but also hilarious. I think uh, Lana's a good sport letting me tell this story, but I think she's still bitter about it to, uh, to this day. So for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, Pastor Chris, did we get any answers uh, to my question? It was kind of a tough question today, so. Check. Yeah, okay, so let's just go live with the source. Lana, still better? <laughs> yes. She said yes over those of you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What is a situation where you put yourself first and it backfired? Uh, we got a few answers here. Uh, Jim said, yes, every time I change lanes on traffic in I-4, uh, that is a good one. Uh, yeah, that is true, that happens almost every time without fail, you know? Uh, Owen says after he gets done with lunch at high school and he tries to leave the cafeteria, uh, he immediately gets shoved out of the way. Alex <laughs> said, I tried to distract my daughter while playing a board game. I got confused with trying to confuse her and she ended up crushing me. Uh, <laughs> that'll happen. Uh, I will just share this very quick story. When uh, I went, I was in like third or fourth grade and I uh, went to see my aunt play a softball game. Right next door, there was a little field where kids my age were playing softball and none of them knew me. I went over there and they said, are you very good at softball? And I said, yes, I can knock it over the fence, knowing I couldn't. They picked me first. I went up to hit. I proceeded to uh, strike out at slow pitch softball. <laughs> they all laughed at me. I went back to my family. They said, you don't want to play? No, I'm good. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's never happened to me, Chris. Yeah. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, so in today's text, we have what appear to be kind of two different stories, this parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector, and then an actual story of uh, children being brought to Jesus. But, but honestly, they're, they're both kind of about the same thing. Really, they both kind of are about the same dichotomy. And kind of like last week, we're told in the text up front kind of what the point is we're supposed to take from this. In verse 9, it says, 
uh, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. So the point is that we should not trust in ourselves, we should trust in God, and we should not treat other people with contempt. That's the lesson, right? And so both of these stories speak to that. Both of them kind of have this idea of pride versus humility, or, or being looked up to versus being looked down upon, or being viewed as important versus being viewed as unimportant, or, of course, relying on oneself versus relying on and trusting in God. And so we have these kind of two stories with two kind of, uh, I don't like to use the word bad guy, but I will, like the, the two, kind of, uh, two bad guys, one in each story. And so the bad guy in the first story in the parable is the Pharisee. And here's what it says about the Pharisee in verse 11. Uh, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. So maybe think of something. So uh, the, the kids, uh, as they say, uh, have a term. It's called a humble brag. Have you heard that expression before, a humble brag? Uh, I, I, I already knew what it was, but I looked up the actual definition of it. Here's what a humble brag is. Uh, an ostensibly modest or self-deprecating statement whose actual purpose is to draw attention to something of which one is proud. And I think that's exactly what the Pharisee is doing. His whole prayer is a humble brag. It's humble because he's giving thanks to God, right? So that seems humble. He's, he's, he's thank you, God, you know, for blessing me. But it's all then he does is list stuff that he's extremely proud of, that he thinks makes him so great. He's thanking God, but really, it's just an opportunity for him to brag. And so he comes across as overly proud and definitely self-righteous. His prayer isn't even genuine. Uh, it's not even a real prayer. So that's the first kind of bad guy, the Pharisee. The second is actually the disciples. Uh, it says this in verse 15, Now they were bringing even infants to Jesus, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. So here you have the disciples. Now granted, we're not told exactly what they were thinking. We're just told what they did. But we can draw some things even from that. Um, they're, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, may Maybe they just truly didn't want to bother Jesus. But clearly, there's the idea that they didn't think the children were worthy of going before Jesus. They didn't think they were worth his time. And in fact, uh, if you add in the fact that they obviously felt comfortable going to Jesus, they didn't have any problem taking up Jesus' time or bothering Jesus. So clearly, they viewed themselves as worthy to go before Jesus but not the children. So it's still that idea of I am better than them, right? The same kind of attitude we see in the Pharisee. That story, too, is making the same point, or at least a very, very similar point. Before we go on, I want to ask my second question. Um, this one, a little more positive, right? When was the last time you let someone go ahead of you? Well, you didn't put yourself first. You stood back. Let someone else go ahead of you. When was the last time you did that, and why did you do it? 
Maybe you just let someone in line in front of you, or maybe you helped somebody in some way or did something kind for someone. When was the last time you let someone go ahead of you in some way, and why did you do it? Um, I was watching a a video the other day, uh, and it was a European guy who had been living in the United States. And he was talking about the differences in the way people drive in Europe versus here. And one of the things that he was shocked by was, in Europe, they have this thing they do called the zipper merge, which means that when two lanes are converging, like one is shutting down, it's merging into one, everyone just stays in their own lane, and as they get to the merge point, they take turns. One person going, then the next, and then the next, right? Like a zipper coming together. And traffic engineers will tell you, this is by far the best way to do it. It's actually faster for everyone to do it that way. But here in the United States, we don't do that. (laughs) No, no, no. What do we do? Well, most of us get into the lane that's going to be the last lane early and then sit there and wait. And it takes twice, if not more, longer than if we just stayed in the other lane. And it takes forever, and we hate it. And so then, by the time we get to the merge point, there'll be always that one guy that was like, nope, they just drove right around. And then we're like, I'm not letting you in. (laughs) You didn't wait here like I did. Which is why we don't do that in the first place, because we're afraid no one will let us in. (laughs) We don't always like to let people go ahead of us. Uh, But sometimes we do. Sometimes we do the right thing. Pastor Chris, what are some of those times? Uh, We have a... (laughs) uh, Sarah says, please make the the zipper merge thing happen here. uh, uh, Julie and Liam always let people go ahead in public, crying baby, elderly people with five items. Yes, uh, a lot of people have responded that in the grocery store. Uh, Last night at dinner, we had company. I wanted seconds but I let them have thirds instead. Please don't give my name. Okay, that's good. I won't, won't, but uh, remember your tithe today. Okay, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, Kyle reminds us, Talladega Knight says, if you ain't first, you're last, yeehaw. Uh, And a lot of people are saying at Walmart, at Publix, things like that. I do have a story um, where this weekend I did a retreat with the seniors from HCLA. We went to Daytona. And we stayed at a place that was obviously a timeshare for older people. And it had a tiki uh, bar right there. And so I had a couple of the kids, and we were going inside to the lobby. And some of the, uh, there were two older ladies, and they had been tikiing way too long. And (laughs) they were sitting, and they were so, they were laughing so hard that their hands were on their knees. And uh, anywho, I, I said, why don't we let them go ahead of us? And the kids are like, okay. The ladies got inside the elevator and then proceeded to tap every floor of the elevator up to 12. And it took about 10 minutes for the elevator to come back. And one of the kids goes, some people are so immature. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that story because that also does a good job of illustrating why we're often so afraid to let people go ahead of us, right? We're afraid that in some way it is negatively going to impact us. And so a lot of times we have this attitude in ourselves that we don't like to let people go ahead of us. We don't like to give way for other people. We'd much rather be first, right? We'd much rather put ourselves forward. If you ain't first, 
your last. Now that's a line from a comedy movie, but a lot of people actually think that is true. Um, why do we feel that way? Um, I mean, sometimes it's just we're competitive, you know? Uh, but I think a lot of times the reason is kind of fear-based. And, and, and it's one of two things. Either we're afraid uh, that we won't get what we need, right, or what we want. So, you know, his elevator example is a good one. Like, no, we need to take this first elevator because we might not get another one or it'll take really long or whatever, we'll end up waiting, right? And so it's difficult to make that leap of going, no, you go first, knowing something like that might happen. But the other thing that can happen sometimes is we fear appearing weak, right? We don't want to let somebody go ahead of us or let somebody look better than us because we think if we do, it'll make us look bad. And we're afraid of that. And this is even more of a problem. Uh, you know, it's one thing out in life, uh, but when we start to do this in our relationship with God, right? When we start to put ourselves first in our relationship with God. When we start to think about ourselves a little more highly than we should when it comes to God. And in fact, that is very dangerous. We can find ourselves in a situation where we begin to become self-righteous, like the Pharisee. We start to think that maybe because we're trying harder, because we're working harder, because we're doing more, that somehow that makes us better than other people. And once we start to think we're better than other people, once we start to think we've got it all together, then we start to look at other people and judge them and their sins. We get too concerned with other people's sins. This is, uh, you know, I, I, I always joke if there's, so we're a Lutheran church, and I, I love being a Lutheran church. <clears throat> One of the reasons I love being a Lutheran church is because of our Lutheran theology. I think it's very, very biblical. But also, I've got to admit, though, that where we fall into this trap as a Lutheran church is that it's easy to become prideful about that, right? We can be like the Pharisee, Pharisee, uh, or God, thank you for giving us the correct doctrine. Or thank you that we aren't like that other church down the street that has it all wrong, right? We can be like, God, thank you uh, that I'm doing so great in life. Lord, thank you that I've, I'm married with 2.5 children, a nice car, and a big house. God, thank you for not making me like those other people that come from a broken home and a broken family. God, thank you that I'm not uh, an addict like that guy that just asked me for money. God, thank you for making me everything I'm supposed to be, right? It's easy to fall into those traps. It's easy to fall into that way of thinking. But Jesus has a pretty serious warning for what happens when we begin to think that way. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He said that the Pharisee walked away from that interaction without being justified. He said that if you don't have the faith of a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That sounds pretty serious. But the Pharisee and the disciples, 
aren't the only characters in these stories. In the first one, in the parable, there's also the tax collector. And here's what it says about him in verse 13. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Tax collector wasn't fooled into thinking that he was first in life he wasn't. People told him that every single day. He wasn't fooled into thinking that he deserved heaven. He knew he was a sinner. And because he knew he was a sinner, he knew his only hope for salvation was not in himself, but was in God's mercy. And then there's also the children, the ones coming or being brought to see Jesus. In verse 16, Jesus called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. You don't have to be honest. The children probably weren't thinking about sin versus self-righteousness. Some of it even, like here, it even describes them as infants. So I'm sure they weren't thinking about it, but they were thinking about one thing, them and maybe their parents that were bringing them which is just that they wanted to be near Jesus. They wanted to be where Jesus was. And for Jesus, that was enough. And so he just said, let them come. They want to be with me. They want to be near me. Let them come. In fact, that's how you all should be. You should have that same faith. See, we're not saved by our own righteousness. We're not saved by living a perfect Christian life. We're not saved by having the right doctrine and the best theology. We're not saved by any of those things. We're saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. And when we begin to admit that about ourselves, when we begin to recognize that we aren't righteous, that we too are sinners, that we too need to rely on Jesus. We begin to find compassion and humility. It's a realization that we're actually not better than anyone else and that therefore we should have compassion and mercy on them the same way Jesus has had compassion and mercy on us. And so we no longer <clears throat> have to fight and claw our way to the top. We no longer have to put ourselves first. We no longer have to exalt ourselves. Instead, we can let others go ahead because we know our place is already secure. And in his name. This song coming up was written a few weeks ago by Kara Berg, Juliet Alvey, Hannah Rost, and myself. The theme is asking God to hold on to us when everything else lets us down. Mm -hmm. 